tell you that the Proteas have wrapped up the second test against New Zealand at Supersport Park in Centurion, winning that by 204 runs. They dismissed New Zealand for 195 in their second innings today, and it was a superb bowling performance by the South African attack. Just looking at those figures, Dale Stain was the pick of the bowlers today. He bagged 5 for 33 in 16.2 overs, ripping through that New Zealand attack. Vernon Philand and Kahisa Rabada each chipped in with two wickets, and Dane Pitt also uh, picked up one. So... 1-0 the series uh, victory to the Proteas. We'll chat to Johan Leroux in just a short while to find out uh, his thoughts on that. England, meanwhile, are taking part or are playing in the third one-day international against Pakistan. That one taking place at Trent Bridge in Nottingham and England. Off to an absolute flyer. 384 for the loss of three uh, after 45.2 overs they are right now. And that much uh, thanks to Alex Hales is 160. Uh, a little bit earlier on today fantastic performance from uh, the youngster and uh, or it was 171 rather he surpassed his own record uh, or Robin Smith's record that is uh, the highest score by an English batsman in a one day international came off 122 balls Joe Root added 85 of 86 out in the middle at the moment Joss Butler 57 of 29 and Ewan Morgan 42 of 20 putting the Pakistan bowling attack to the sword we'll have uh, some more on that one a little bit later on this evening meanwhile uh, staying with cricket Sri Lankan all-rounder Satish Pasarana will replace the retired Tilakarat Dulshan for the fourth 1A international against Australia. On to football, Supersport United assigned Bafana Bafana defender Tefu Mashamaiti from Swedish side BK Hacken on a two year deal. Mashamaiti says he's happy to be back in South Africa. It's a great pleasure to be joining Supersport and uh, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, you know, trying to close the deal. Um, but I'm, I'm just happy that everything worked out at the end. So I'm looking forward to uh, working for Supersport. The defender who also had a stint in the Major League Soccer in the U.S. will team up with his former coach from Kaiser Chiefs, Stuart Baxter. And Baxter says he should be able to hit the ground running despite fitness reservations. His uh, fitness was also one of those things that we were taking into account when Stan was saying that we didn't think that doing it quickly was going to be the right thing to do we could get a good look at him but he got back he got back into the team earlier than everybody thought he's played I think played four or five games now he scored two goals and uh, by all accounts he's back to full fitness he will have a medical obviously but I'm guessing that when he lands when he lands at training he'll be 100% fit to to be selected the coach did go on to say that even though he has worked with Mashimaiti before, the defender will have to fight for his spot on the team. We don't want people walking into a comfort zone. We want to walk them into a new challenge with new goals, new ambitions. And so very quickly I've got to try and set those standards, not just with Mashi, but with everybody, everybody that I've worked with before. So it it's presents its own challenges in a way, but uh, if the players meet them fair and square, then there's, a, there's not going to be a problem. 
In other transfer news, Ajax Cape Town has signed midfielders Lebochang Mokwena and Mark Mayambela while in England. Arsenal, hold on to your chairs, Arsenal fans. They've announced the signing of striker Lucas Perez from Spanish outfit Deportivo La Coruña for £17 million. Staying with English news, uh, Wayne Rooney has committed himself to the English setup until the next World Cup. Um, come Russia, I'm, I feel that will be the, the time for me to, to, you know, say goodbye to international football. And uh, my mind's made up. Obviously, that's down to Sam Allardyce again in terms of um, over the next two years. But that will be my last tournament. I'm going to try and enjoy these these two years, and and then, you know, hopefully I can can end my time playing for England on a high. On to rugby now. Springbok coach Alistair Gutsi has named his touring squad for the Australia, uh, Australasian leg of the Castle Lanka Rugby Championship. The coach has made two changes to that squad. They've travelled to Argentina. Winger Loisium Vovo comes in for the injured Ruan Kombrink, who and utility bank Francois Hochart returns having recovered from injury. Alton Jainchis will travel with the squad, but his availability will only be determined following a late fitness test next week. In other championship news, Argentina lock Thomas Lavanini will require surgery on a damaged knee He's expected to be out for at least six months. In Curry Cup news, the Lions have made 11 changes to their starting 15 for their clash against the Blue Bulls on Friday. Two of those changes sees Rowan Janssen van Rensburg selected to start, while seven-star Quacha Smith will make his start first start for the Lions. The Bulls have also been dealt a double blow. Midfielder Dan Creel will undergo shoulder surgery this week. He'll miss the rest of the season, while Janis uh, Kirsten will also miss the clash due to injury. South Africa's Cameron van der Berg has won the men's 50-meter breaststroke in 25.75 at the FINA World Cup that just uh, took place in Berlin. And finally, in golf news, European uh, Ryder Cup captain Darren Clark has named his Ryder Cup wildcard picks. They are Lee Westwood, Martin Keimer, and Thomas Peters. Coming up next, we'll chat some tennis. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, let's head to New York now, day two of uh, the final major of the year. And Simon Cambers joins us now. Simon, who's out on court as we speak? Well, out on court as we speak is uh, Stan Wawrinka, the number three seed, his two-time Grand Slam champion. He's just starting his match with Fernando Vidasco. And uh, Kei Nishikori, the number six seed from Japan, is playing Benjamin Becker. He's a couple of sets up looking Pretty much on course for a, a straightforward win. And uh, who else is on call? We've got Alexander Zverev, the young German player who many people think could be the next world number one. He's playing another German, Daniel Brand, and it's a set all in that one. Staying with uh, the men's draw, a couple of uh, other big names uh, playing later on today. David Ferrer in action, although he's he's off his, his best. Uh, how, how's he expected to fare this, uh, this fortnight? Yeah, he sort of, uh, I think you were about to say, he's almost dropped off the radar a little bit. He's had a few injuries, probably for the first time in his career. And he sort of dropped down the rankings a little bit. He's not quite as sharp as he was. What made him so good in the first place was how fit he was and how he could retrieve anything. He's playing Alexander Dolgopolov in Ukraine, and that's going to be a pretty tough match. Dolgopolov is very tricky, very unorthodox, a lot of power, a lot of ability, and, and Ferrer could struggle, but... Um, the other big name, or the biggest name on the men's side, is Andy Murray, who begins his title bid against Lucas Rossell, a Czech who he's played a couple of times before and beaten a couple of times before. But Rossell loves to get under the skin of his opponents and could be a few little shoulder barges at changes of ends and things like that in that one. 
it should be interesting to watch. And, of course, Murray coming off that uh, Olympic gold medal. So uh, he'll be full of confidence, and uh, he's probably one of the favourites uh, this fortnight. On the ladies' side of things, the Williams sisters in action today as well. Yeah, that's right. The, the Williams sisters top off the, the uh, women's side. Serena defending her title, trying to win a 23rd Grand Slam. She's playing a Katerina Makarova, who's a, a left-handed Russian who's caused her trouble in the past. She's beaten her before. And with a few doubts about Serena's right shoulder, still maybe not 100%, it'll be very, very interesting to see how she comes out. Because if she's not 100%, Makarova has half a chance. Venus Williams is seeded sixth, which is amazing, at 36 years old. And she's playing Katerina Kozlova in the last match of the afternoon session. That's just before Serena kicks off the evening session. And just a word on one other woman to go through so far, Simona Hallett, number five seed, very impressive in beating Kirsten Flick and 6 of 6 2 in her opener. I love that. 36 over the hill for Venus Williams. But uh, Serena Williams, interestingly enough, Simon, just, just <laughs> touching on that, uh, I mean, she struggled a bit to equal Steffi Graf's record, but now that it's done, I almost feel the pressure's off her and, and, and she can come out, even though she was str- or she is struggling with a bit of uh, that shoulder niggle, she's, uh, the pressure seems to have lifted. I, I think she's, she's uh, a very good shot this, uh, this fortnight. Yeah, I mean, you would think the pressure is definitely off her shoulders. There can't be any comparison with what it was like 12 months ago when she was trying to finish the calendar year Grand Slam. And to be honest, the fact that she got within a couple of matches is pretty impressive. But, yeah, I mean, it's all about her shoulder. It's all about her fitness. She's number one in the world just about. There are three other women trying to get it, could get it this, this week or these two weeks. Even though Serena's only played seven tournaments, she's still in the running for, for world number one. That shows you how good she is. If she's 100%, she's a big, big favourite. Looking forward to that. So lots of tennis. Look forward to tonight's South African time. We'll have all those results for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Simon, thank you so much uh, for that update. And uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader for all the latest from the US Open. Still coming up tonight, uh, we'll chat to Matthew Booth. We'll also hear from Bizab Highfelt Lions coach Jeffrey Tiana. We'll chat some cricket and football with him as well. But up next, we'll chat some cricket. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some crickets now, and where there are South Africans, good times and great food, there's Sunfoil. This live test cricket action between South Africa and New Zealand is proudly brought to you by Sunfoil. Now we're cooking. Well, I can tell you it is all over. Uh, the first uh, test match was rained out down in Durban. It was a straight shootout in Centurion. Winner takes all in the two-match series, and it was the Proteas, who were pretty much dominant from day one. Johan Leroux joins us now. Johan, pretty clinical from the Proteas in the end, uh, uh, an emphatic victory. Uh, definitely an emphatic victory, uh, Brad. South Africa winning by 204 runs. And I think I mentioned it yesterday, it all started with the Toss New Zealand opting to have a uh, bowl first instead of batting first, as you would have expected on that Centurion pitch on day one. But uh, the captain said in the post-match conference, he said if he knew that the team batting first was going to score 400 plus, and he obviously also would have batted first. But when uh, they decided to to make the call to to bowl first, he thought that it was going to break up. Uh, it wasn't really going to break up, rather, and, and they had a thought they had a chance to pick up some early wickets on day one. Obviously, that didn't happen. South Africa scored 481 in the first innings, and then today Dale Stain came out firing as we've seen the Dale Stain in the past do exactly that, picking up three wickets with these first 11 balls. 
fantastic performance from the quick bowlers, and, and the toss did end up playing a huge role. I, it's interesting. It was I think it was W.G. Grace that said it. If you win the toss, bat. If you're not sure about it, go back to the change room, think a bit, and then bat. Uh, if you're still not convinced, then ask a colleague what you should do, and then bat. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a good sort of toss to lose from South Africa's point of view that we were sent in uh, and in the end uh, yeah, a fantastic victory but let's just touch on that uh, the quick bowling trio of the pro tiers uh, Johan it's the first time and I can't remember I don't know if, if all three have played together in the same test match uh, Vernon Philander Dale Stain and Kahisa Rabada uh, ominous signs there for the pro tiers they, they are a power power attack I mean Kahisa Rabada coming on first change gee which, which international cricket team in the world wouldn't want that Exactly. It's brilliant to see Adele Stein and Verlander fit as well because Kahisa Rabada has been carrying that pace attack in their absence. And then just to have all three of them bowling well together. And then you still think that you still have someone like Mona Morkel uh, waiting for his opportunity. Uh, somebody posed the question today, does Mona Morkel still have a role to play in this test team? And at the moment, the answer is no, because if you have Stein bowling like he is, Verlander showing good form again, and then uh, Kahisa Rabada bowling, 150 kilometers an hour quite regularly. You actually don't need someone like Mornay Morkel. Still a bit of a question mark for me around the spinning option with uh, Dane PT. He didn't get too many opportunities today, but he, he rolled bowled relatively well. And then it was also South Africa were pulling with a four-man bowling attack, and uh, I think that it's uh, a problem ever since Jack has left that we don't have a specialist all-round in the team. I was uh, thinking today... Perhaps it would have been a good opportunity for Wayne Cornell to play in the place of Dean Alga instead of Sian Fontel because he does give you that fifth bowling option. But perhaps that is something to consider forward. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just talk about some of the positives to come out of it. And uh, I mean, we mentioned the fitness of Dale Stain and Vernon Flanagan. Great to see them back. I say it's a positive, but it's almost put a bit of a spanner in the works for the selectors, I'm sure. Fafdu Plessis, who, who wasn't in this team, who ended up captaining the Proteas because of A.B. de Villiers' injury, goes and scores 100. Uh, difficult, to, difficult to leave a guy like that out, but what that does is it puts pressure on perhaps someone like a J.P. Dumini, although Dumini does then also offer a bit of a bowling option. Yeah, it does. It's going to be interesting to see what the, the Proteas selectors do from here on. I think also we mentioned it yesterday, Quinton de Kopp looked very comfortable in that opening role, but uh, he did say afterwards today that he doesn't see himself as a, a long-term solution at the top of the order. So that means that you have to bring Dean Algar back, and that probably means that Sian Fonsell drops out again. But then what do you do with A.B. de Villiers? You definitely need him in your team. He is your test captain. So then who do you decide to leave out? Uh, do you drop after the series quarter century, do you leave uh, J.P. Jiminy, who also looks quite good with the bat again. So that is a bit of a selection headache that uh, Proteus and Selectors have to face uh, later on when uh, we play test cricket again. Yeah, although in saying that, uh, I mean, as much as he looked good for his, his half century in the first innings, J.P. Dumini has been out of sorts for the last couple of seasons. I think this was his first score over 35 for two years. So he hasn't scored many runs for the Pro Tiers. It'll be interesting to see what does happen. Uh, a short series, but uh, there is more test cricket on the horizon. What's next for the Pro Tiers? Well, up next, uh, we welcome, or uh, rather South Africa welcomes Ireland for a one-day international. I think that's in a month's time. And then there are going to be five one-days against Australia at home as well. And then the, the Proteas head down under to take on Australia and New Zealand. And then the big summer series is going to be against Sri Lanka with uh, the Boxing Day test taking place 
in PE this year, and then of course the Newlands Test uh, on the second of January, and then another Test uh, in Johannesburg, and then it's going to be pretty much full on cricket because uh, after that it's T20s and one days as well, and then uh, from next year on the team is building to the ICC Champions Trophy that's taking place in England in June. Fantastic, Johan Rue, thank you very much for that Much appreciated, uh, if you missed it uh, If you've just tuned in South Africa, victorious by 204 runs With a day to spare, I might add as well Emphatic in the end uh, Bowling New Zealand out for 195 uh, Johan, thank you very much for that update uh, And we look forward to catching up again soon Thanks, Brad She's a mother, a daughter, a comedian A grief counsellor, a firewoman A chef, a partner a wife, a fashion fundi, an engineer, an accountant, a leader, a motivator, a bus driver, a soccer coach, Olympic champion, an athlete, a doctor, a moral campus, a tutor, a friend. This Women's Month, SABC celebrates all that women are capable of. Join the conversation at hashtag Because I'm a Woman. I am the pulse of the nation's future. I am the bridge to a better tomorrow. We are. The promise of all our land can be. We are UWC. The University of the Western Cape and the SABC are joining together to respond to a national need to support students. The Access to Success campaign taking place from 25th August 2016 is to invest in tomorrow's leaders today. For more information, visit uwc.ac.za or sabc.co.za. From hope to action through knowledge. The Department of Energy will host the Women in Energy Business Summit at the Birchwood Hotel and Conference Center on the 6th and 7th of September 2016. The summit forms part of the August Women's Month celebrations and the department's contribution to economic empowerment of women in South Africa. The two-day summit seeks to encourage women from all provinces to participate in the energy sector as entrepreneurs, investors, professionals and leaders within the energy field. Morning Talk will broadcast live from this event. Delegate registration is free. For more information, contact Ms. Wini Mamacharaga on 012-406-7824 or via email to events at energy.gov.za. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Staying with crickets and with the Proteas wrapping up that Sunfoil Test Series with a 204-run victory in the second test at Supersport Park today to confirm that 1-0 series victory. Bizarre Highfelt Lions coach Jeffrey Tiana says he's pleased with a number of Lions players on national duty. Also with captain A.B. de Villiers and opener Dean Alga expected to be back for the Proteas tour of Australia next month. Tiana says it'll be sad to see who will miss out on the tour. But pleased for my guys, you know, really, I mean, Cookie played nicely, you know, like in the first innings. Him getting that 55 and that, I thought Temba played well as well in Devon. Yeah, KG, you know, like he's played, but uh, like he hasn't bowled much and uh, his lines and the, and the lens that he's bowling, I mean, he basically like is doing well. And with the bat as well, I mean, like as you can see, he's, he's improved his batting and uh, I believe that he's a future like number eight in terms of batting and also maybe like when he comes to play here at the Lions, it is something that we have to be cognizant of in terms of him maybe coming into our side and batting at least at number seven or so just to try and speed up his batting because I think at international cricket he'll be big for the Proteas for the Proteas if he can if he can bat I mean he's got the potential I mean he's got the technique and he's not scared of that short ball yeah you know like I see a bright future for the boys there and hopefully like they can stay there for longer but as you've just said as well 
I think the Proteas are gonna have some selection headaches as well because a guy like A.V. Divilas, I mean, he's the captain of the side. He is coming back, and Quentin Tikok, I mean, like has gone out, you know, and said to the media that he doesn't see like himself opening the batting, you know, in the future. So with, with Dean Elga back and A.B. back, I mean, it will be interesting who's gonna miss out. So I think some tough calls, I mean, have to be made there. In preparing for the upcoming season, the Lions have been hard at work since June getting players ready for various national call-ups during the pre-season. Tiana says it's really great to see they are only a couple of months away from the start of the season. Yeah, we've trained well in this off-season. I mean, like we started in June and boys have trained really, really well. Uh, because I'm glad that now it is coming closer to the season. You know, like our guys had tough times in the winter. I mean, like with the fitness stuff. Then we took them to boxing clubs as well just to get something different to see how they cope, you know, like, like with that sport. And uh, very, very happy with where we are. We are still just missing a few players as well. There's a few guys still overseas and there's those playing for like SAA as well. So uh, at the moment it is a bit disjointed, but I'm I'm quite happy like with, with the squad that I have here and it's an opportunity for me as well just to look at our depth which I think will do very very well for us To Yana and the Lions who have the Momentum Ikasi Challenge uh, clash against the Titans in Soweto next week also have planned a number of team building activities uh, To Yana says he's pleased with where his squad is at the moment very very happy though like with where we are at the moment but uh, it's one week at a time as well we go play like the Gassi Challenge on Wednesday and then on Thursday on the 8th of September we are going away to Skukuza you know like as a squad I mean I'm taking about 24 players there for like a four days where like we're not going to do like any cricket um, stuff we're just going to go there try like and bond you know in the bush for four days Tuyana, who is a staunch Mamelodi Sundowns fan, believes that the Brazilians have the squad to win the MTN8 title. Sundowns will have to negotiate their way past Tip United first, while Bidvest Vitz clash with new kids on the block Cape Town City, both over two legs to book a spot in the final. Tuyana believes that the reigning PSL champions will have their work cut out against the Chili Boys. You must be a happy Sundowner fan. Do you think they have what it takes to go out and win the MTN8? <laughs> No doubt, no doubt about that. I mean, with Pirates and Chiefs out, I think Sundowns played, you know, very, very well. But it's a tough one. I mean, like in the next round, we've got cheaper, cheaper quality, quality side. And at Den Dens, I mean, he's changed that side and uh, they're playing with passion. They're playing with love for like their back. This is going to be a tough one, but I'm quite confident with the squad that we have at Sundowns that uh, we might go through. Nice to get the coach's take on the MTN 8. Uh, up next here on SAFN Sports Trap, we'll chat to Matthew Booth. We play wicked cricket. It's for the number one fans of the Proteas. Watch the Proteas as they take on New Zealand in the second Test Series match, Day 5, this Wednesday at 9.30am. Experience it live on SABC3 and listen on your favourite SABC radio station. I'm addicted, addicted to cricket. SABC Sports, for the love of the game. Vodacom thanks you for voting them the top telecoms provider in the 2016 Sunday Times Top Brands Awards. Beyond striving to win these awards, Vodacom's goal is to add value to your life every day. That's why they continue to provide you with SA's best network through the power of technology while developing communities. Vodacom, power to you. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader and uh, looking at some national football news. Uh, Bafana coach Sheikh Mashaba 
Looks like he's going to be shaking things up a bit this uh, coming weekend uh, and next week as far as uh, selection goes. If you look at his squad for the upcoming uh, final AFCON qualifier uh, for the team as well as the Nelson Mandela Challenge that's taking place at the Orlando Stadium on the 6th of September. We join now by former Bufana Bufana defender Matthew Booth. Matthew, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, another one of the big talking points, obviously, has been uh, the selection of uh, the Mamelodi Sundowns players in in that squad. And if we look at essentially what's at stake for Bafana with these two two matches, I know uh, uh, Sundowns coach Peter Masimani was saying yesterday that uh, he's hoping that uh, his players will be released. What's your take on it? Should should those players be should those players be called up, or should they be allowed to go back to their club? But uh, if they are, then you're opening up a big can of worms, aren't you? Well, I think. Uh Common sense should prevail, um, you know, and and consistency, you know, and that's all we ask for as uh, football lovers. Uh, in the past, favors were done for for pirates, and quite rightly, uh, they were flying the flag for us on the continent. Uh, at the moment, the sundowns are the best opportunity that we have to have a, you know have any sort of impact on the continent. And um, you know, with these two games, um, you know, if we had something to play for, of course, caught up the strongest team by all means, but. These are two dead rubbers, I mean, meaningless games. Um, so, you know, I can't understand how there could be five, four or five Sundowns players in that squad. It's quite unbelievable. Also looking at, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the squad. I see yesterday that the, the coach has, has called up uh, Orlando Pirates, Tabiso Kutumela, and Tip United right back, Diamond Tokpola, which which is fair enough, but he's also expecting uh, Andile Jale and, and Tokela Ranti to, to join the squad. They should be joining today uh, from Belgium and Turkey, respectively. Is it really worthwhile getting those guys all the way from Europe to come and play? Like you say, two dead rubbers. Again, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call up... Um uh, players from overseas, uh, you basically bringing them back. Um, you know, you having to travel. Um, they are putting their first team players at their teams in jeopardy every time they do come back for the national team. Um, so again, if there was something to play for, they should come. But um, I don't see why he's called them up. Um, from the Tupola and Kutunela, um viewpoint, it's fantastic for them. Two uh, talented youngsters. The Paul has done extremely well at Chipper. Putanella, Barocco, now at Pirates, deserves um, a call up. Although one would also argue that perhaps there were a couple of players in the under 23 team who were probably ahead of them, um, if you consider that Putanella uh, didn't get a It's interesting you talk about those youngsters, and I agree with you. This is a great opportunity to 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 give. I mean, the last thing you want to do is hand out Bufana Bufana caps willy nilly, and, and I'm sure you'd agree with that as well. But because there's nothing really riding on this, this is a great opportunity to start building for the future, and, and it's something we should be doing. Yes, absolutely, it's a great opportunity. Although, if you're in Shakespeare's, um position, you you're completely under pressure, you know. So he's, he's in a catch twenty two, and I understand why he's tried to call up uh, his best squad. Uh, he wants to get results, uh, whether it's a dead rubber or not. He's under pressure, you know. But he, I think, um, you know, he must shoulder some of the blame for for putting us in this position. And uh, now I think common sense really has got to prevail, uh, rather than cave under the pressure of of trying to attain results. I was having a bit of a chuckle, Matthew. There's nothing riding on these games. It's a pretty good chance we're going to win them because that's pretty much been the, the the sort of trend of late. Frustratingly enough. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, uh, when the pressure is on, we haven't managed to, um, you know, crack it. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do get two positive results uh, when the pressure is off. Uh, we have a tendency, you know, our football culture to rise to the occasion as against the big men, um, which is what we saw in Rio, what we saw in Rio in 2000 as well, and in the PSL. And it's really something, it's a psychological thing which we've really got to get over. Um, otherwise, we, we, we're not going to climb up the, the rankings in FIFA. And we're going to stay in the 60s and stay in the 20s in Africa, and that's not good enough um, for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the big news stories today, obviously, is not uh, that much Bafana Bafana related, but uh, Tefomasi Maiti coming back to South Africa, signing for, for Supersport United. Your, your take on that signing, it's good for, for Supersport, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's good for, um, it's fantastic for Supersport. Um, it's not so great for South African football, and I don't think it's, um, well, it's rather unfortunate for, for Tefo Mashamaiti. Uh, I was hoping that he was going to stay in Europe for, for a bit longer. He's, he's lasted 12 months there. I'm not sure, uh, you know, playing in the league that he was, um, it was difficult to keep an eye on him. I know that he scored his goal, um, goal a rare goal for his team on the weekend. Um, so I imagine that he was doing quite well then. I can't imagine why he would want to come back besides obviously um, a, a, an extremely good offer. Um, but now we encourage South Africa footballs to stay over for as long as possible. Let's talk about just quickly players possibly moving and, and we were talking about it during the Rio Olympic Games and you look at a youngster like Keegan Dolly and, and the way he performed uh, on, on that stage. I, I don't know about you but I can't see him sticking around. One of the big clubs has got to pick that youngster up. Yeah, well, he's had um, very strong interest. In fact, an offer made, he's got a buyout clause uh, of about uh, €800,000. And that offer has been matched by Olympiakos. Um, so there is a bit of debate at the moment, uh, almost like a contractual dispute going on at the moment, uh, which could hamper that move. But uh, he has picked up a lot of interest, especially over, you know, since Rio. I know a standard DH, um have also shown interest in a number of other clubs, so it's only natural for him to have picked up that interest. He's um, a very cultured left foot. He's been very dynamic over the last um, a year or so. Um, my only worry is that he's played a lot of football and he hasn't had much of a break, um, and that's something that not only he's got to be wary of, but um, you know, Sundowns play them. Going back to Bafana getting this call up is just not helping their cause at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's one of, I think, one of the players that, that Pizzo's really worried about uh, with the amount of football he's played over the last few months. So, Matthew, we thank you very much for your time once again here on SAFM Sports Chat. Much appreciated and uh, enjoy the footy this weekend. Unfortunately, nothing riding on it, but it's uh, great to see. But funny in action as always. Yeah, that's cross fingers. Thanks a lot. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. That's just about it for SAFM Sports Chat tonight. I was just looking at uh, the cricket scorecard, that match that's taking place in uh, Trent Bridge in Nottingham in the UK. England up against Pakistan, the third one-day international. And what an innings it was. England scoring the highest ever one-day international total, 444 for the loss of three. Quadruple Nelson. Uh, can you believe it? That's a phenomenal score. And just looking at, uh, it seems like everyone got runs in there. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, Alex Hales, 171, the highest score by an Englishman uh, in a one-day international. Joe Root added 85 of 86. Joss Butler, 90 of 51. And then Ewan Morgan, uh, the skipper, 57 of 27. What a performance. Pakistan chasing 445 for victory. Uh, I think England are going to win that one. Although, 
Uh, I did say that uh, I think Australia would win the 4-3-8 game uh, at the halfway mark. So stranger things have happened. But uh, yeah, their bowlers taking an absolute pasting. Looking at the bowling figures, uh, Wahab Riaz, uh, naught for 110 in 10 overs. I hate to laugh, but gee, that is an absolute walloping. Uh, Mohamed Amir, 72 for, the, for, for none in 10 overs. Hassan Ali was the pick of the bowlers. He bagged two but went for 74 runs in his 10. Uh, Shoab Malik, 44 overs, uh, 44 runs rather, uh, in his three overs. What uh, an incredible innings of cricket that must have been to watch. Just boundaries left, right and centre. That's it for the show tonight. We're back again tomorrow afternoon. I'm back tomorrow afternoon uh, on PM Live. Sports Wrap returns at 6.30. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Whitten. All your tennis results from Flushing Meadows uh, as well. So make sure you tune in tomorrow morning bright and early. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Before then, though, Greg Coase has your news.